Serving communities in northern and central Wisconsin and the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, this is Aspirus Health Talk with Melanie Cole. Have you ever gone to the bathroom and noticed blood in the toilet when you were done? It can be quite scary, and you're not sure what to make of it. My guest today is Dr. Eric Brandstetter. He's a general surgeon at Aspirus Health System. Welcome to the show, Dr. Brandstetter. I'd like to start by asking you, when people see this, and as scary as it is, please give us some of the things that you tell people it could possibly be before you diagnose what it actually is. Sure. Well, uh, a lot of people, when they see this, uh, obviously get, uh, you know, they're concerned. And uh, most people jump right to the most worrisome things, such as cancer. And uh, certainly blood in the stool, uh, blood in the toilet water, or blood on the tissue when you wipe can be um, a sign of, of colon cancer. But there are a lot of uh, more common things that uh, can cause that. Uh, such as hemorrhoids, um, we can get uh, what are called anal fissures, which are, are tears in the anus, and uh, all those things can, can uh, contribute, and they're much more uh, common for hemorrhoids or, or a fissure to give you problems. So are there some things that can ease the mind if somebody knows that they have hemorrhoids? You've had a couple of kids, but I know that there's some really, you know, staggering statistics that by the age 50, about half the population has experienced some of these symptoms. So can you give us a little bit of, of hope that generally that's what it is? Uh, you know, the, I think the, the, the best place to start uh, with most of our health concerns is with our, our primary care providers, um, getting in and talking with them, seeing them, and um, letting them kind of sort some of that stuff out. Now, some of that can be uh, difficult to differentiate, uh, whether it's hemorrhoid problems or whether it's a fissure um, and when they have those difficulties with that, then they then they direct those patients to see usually uh, the general surgeon or uh, the proctologist. So before we talk about the colon itself, let's speak about hemorrhoids. What are they? How do you get them? And what do you do about them? Well, we, we all have hemorrhoids. And hemorrhoids are simply vessels in the anal rectal area. And... Um, when they give us problems, they become like varicose veins in the anal rectal area, just like you would get varicose veins in the leg. And those veins can be very superficial, and they obviously tend to bleed at times. So these veins swell up, they bleed. Can this happen if you're someone who sits on the toilet too long or pushes too hard? Are there certain risk factors for hemorrhoids? Sure, there there are multiple things that that can uh, contribute to that. Um, good bowel habits is is a good place to start. Making sure you get plenty of water in your diet, plenty of fiber in your diet, that you're not sitting on the toilet for too long, that you're not pushing for long periods of time. Uh, get on the toilet, get your business done, and and get off is probably a good place to start um, with that. Very simple. Um, lifestyle type of uh, things you can deal with. So if it's not hemorrhoids and someone comes to see you and we've got this wonderful preventive test, the colonoscopy, speak about that because people are more afraid of the prep and it's really such an easy test that can save lots of lives. 
You know, I think um, obviously the prep, as you pointed out, is probably the worst part uh, of the colonoscopy, and that's done the day before. And each institution may be a little bit different on how they, uh, which preps they use, um, whether you do your prep at home. Uh, some places will have you actually do a prep on site. Uh, so that really probably varies from place to place. Uh, our practice here in uh, Aspirus is that you do your prep at home, and then you come in the next day um, and have your procedure done. And um, the the prep is the, the hardest part, as you pointed out. And I would imagine people say to you, when is it going to be over? And you say it's already done because it's such an easy procedure. Then we get the nice little pictures afterwards. What are you looking for? Well, uh, in regards to a patient that we're concerned that's had some blood in their stool, um, we're looking for a variety of things. Uh, number one, we want to make sure that they don't have colon cancer. Um, we're looking for polyps uh, in the colon. Um, and should we find polyps in the colon, we take those polyps out. And um, that's done at the same time as your colonoscopy. You're not aware that any polyps have been removed. Um, so it's an easy process to go to. Uh, you're looking for inflammatory bowel disease for things such as ulcerative colitis. Crohn's disease can also contribute to uh, blood in the stools. Uh, we look for hemorrhoids, whether they be external hemorrhoids or internal hemorrhoids. And we look for uh, fissures, which are, are tears in the anal rectal area as well. So if you determine that it is hemorrhoids, is there anything that can be done for them? Well, there are lots of things that, that can be done uh, to treat hemorrhoids, and it really depends on the type of hemorrhoid that you have. We have really two types of hemorrhoids, and they each present a little bit differently. Uh, external hemorrhoids typically will bleed with pain, and um, internal hemorrhoids typically will present more commonly as painless bleeding. And then what would you do for somebody when you've determined this is what they have and they're bothersome and they can affect the quality of life? Sure. With, with internal hemorrhoids, um, we, we're doing a new technique for internal hemorrhoids, and it's called the transanal hemorrhoidal dearterialization. Uh, with that, where we stick an uh, ultrasound probe into the anorectal area, we use that probe to isolate the blood vessels in the anal rectal area. And then we use a suture to tie these blood vessels off so that uh, the supply of blood to these uh, hemorrhoids gets uh, removed. Um, the other thing that we do is with internal hemorrhoids, a lot of times those internal hemorrhoids can prolapse out of the rectum. And with that, sometimes people will have a bowel movement, and they feel like something comes out when they have the bowel movement. And some people even say that they actually have to push them back in after they have a bowel movement. So when we tie these blood vessels off, we're actually able to then do what's called a mucopexy, where we go in, we suture the, the lining or the mucosa of the anal rectal area, and we pull that back up and tighten it up. And do they come back after that, or is this a, a done deal? In general, any vascular problem 
can come back. So it may not be a 20, 30-year fix. It may be a 10, 20-year fix. Um, I guess it all really depends on the the person, um, if they make any lifestyle changes uh, that would, uh, things that were contributing to their uh, likelihood of getting hemorrhoids, if they eliminate those things, certainly you're going to get more mileage from, from those type of procedures. And before we talk about prevention for a minute, break up this myth or whatever about blood color. When people do see that blood in the toilet or on their, you know, the toilet paper, is there, people say, if it's bright red, it's hemorrhoids, if it's dark and in your stool, then you worry. Clear that up a little bit for us. Yeah, there, there, there is really no way to determine um, just by looking in the water or looking at the toilet tissue, what that uh, has come from. You can certainly have colon cancer that's contributing to rectal bleeding, and then you can have you know, a patient that's had hemorrhoids that they commonly will say, well, oh, this is my bleeding is just hemorrhoids. My bleeding is just hemorrhoids. And unfortunately, I see a lot of people in my practice who have done that. They say, oh, I know I have hemorrhoids. It's just that. And they keep putting it off and they keep putting it off. And uh, it was a colon cancer. It was something that we needed to, to see and evaluate um, before that. So that you can't really determine uh, just based on what the blood looks like um, as to where it's coming from. And speak about prevention. Is there anything we can do to prevent either colon cancer or hemorrhoids? You spoke about fiber just a little bit. So kind of wrap it up for us. Give your best advice on prevention and healthy habits and why listeners should come to Aspirus for their care. Well, I think that um, most health care really starts very basically with maintaining a good healthy weight, eating a good diet, making sure that you're getting... Uh, plenty of water, particularly for your colon, um, plenty of fiber. Um, And then following through with your basic routine screenings that your primary care physician would recommend. For people of normal risk, uh, you're looking at starting with a colonoscopy at the age of 50. Um, People who are at higher risk, uh, for example, let's say they have a first-degree relative who has had a colon cancer. Um, those screenings are going to be done uh, sooner, and the American Cancer Society's guideline for that is doing it 10 years before your first-degree relative developed colon cancer. Uh, so, for example, if you have a, um, a father that developed colon cancer at 40, well, we would start recommending your screenings to be done at 30 um, as a, again, as a general guideline. And why should they come to Aspirus for their care? Tell us about your team. Well, Aspirus is a hospital made up, or a system made up of, of several different hospitals. One of the nice things about having your procedure done at Aspirus is that we take a very team approach to your care. The nurse anesthetists get involved with all our uh, upper and lower endoscopies. Uh, So they are monitoring you uh, very closely, and uh, they use conscious sedation for that. Um, Some places have the uh, 
the endoscopist, whether that is a general surgeon or a gastroenterologist, um, also sedating and doing the procedure. And I can tell you from having done it both ways with trying to sedate people and do the procedure and just doing the procedure and allowing somebody else to worry about sedation, uh, I think it's a much better uh, system for both patients and providers, actually, to, to do it with, with the help of the, the anesthetist there. Thank you so much. It's really great information and so important. You're listening to Aspirus Health Talk. For more information, you can go to Aspirus.org. That's Aspirus.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.